Hello, my little rebels and my big rebels and my medium-sized rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, The Ezra Levant Show. Um, today, we just go really deep on Jody Wilson-Raybould. Wow. Just yesterday, Justin Trudeau was bragging about how, well, obviously, she still supports him. She's in his cabinet. Well, today, he, she resigned. Uh, great letter. And she's hiring a former Supreme Court judge as her lawyer. Uh, I won't give any more away. You can listen to the whole show. We go deep on it, and we have a special guest going deep on it. If you like listening to this podcast, I really think you should watch it, too. I mean, I show video clips. In order to watch, you just have to become a premium subscriber. That's what we call our long-form TV shows. The Rebel, I got one. Sheila Gunn-Reed has one. David Menzies has one. You get access to these shows and other little fun things, too. Um, it's, it's eight bucks a month. Uh, but if you buy a whole year, you get two months off. And you can get another 10% off by using the promo code podcast. When you subscribe, just go to therebel.media slash shows to become a member. And hey, can you do me a favor? Could you leave a, a positive review on this podcast and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to it? Those, those actually help promote The Rebel. You don't even have to spend a dollar to do that. All right, without further ado, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Tonight, a day after Trudeau bragged about Jody Wilson-Raybould being in his cabinet, well, she quits. It's February 12th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish is because it's my bloody right to do so. Let me show you some body language. Let's start with when the Globe and Mail first released their bombshell investigation into corruption at the engineering firm called SNC-Lavalin and the pressure that was put on former Canadian Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould to drop criminal charges against SNC-Lavalin. It was a meticulous report by the Globe. It was comprehensive. It appeared to have many sources. It was shocking. Look at that front page. So here's Justin Trudeau answering a question about it. He looked nervous and wobbly and irritated and stressed. And frankly, he looked like he was lying. Listen to the question and his over-lawyered answer. And listen to the reporter asking a supplementary question, pointing out he didn't answer. And listen to this exact same over-lawyered answer. And you tell me, does Justin Trudeau look confident? happy, innocent here. The allegations in the Globe story this morning are false. Uh, neither the current nor the previous Attorney General uh, was ever directed by me or by anyone in my office uh, to uh, take a, a decision uh, in this matter. The allegations reported in the story are false. Uh, at no time did I or uh, my office uh, direct uh, the current or previous Attorney General uh, to make uh, any particular decision in this matter. But not necessarily direct, Prime Minister. Was there any sort of influence whatsoever? Yeah. As I've said, at no time did we uh, direct the Attorney General, uh, current or previous, uh, to uh, take any decision whatsoever in this matter. Now, he looks, he looks like a liar there. But then yesterday, a whole different Justin Trudeau. He was in British Columbia to campaign in a by-election in Burnaby, and he was asked 
about Jody Wilson-Raybould, naturally. She's from BC. She's news anywhere, but especially there. So listen to him now and watch him. Actually, you get the same message with the sound off. In fact, let's do that. Let's watch this clip first with the sound off. Just watch it for a sec. Just let it go. Look at that. He's, he's, he's got a bit of a grin. Look at, those, look at those eyes. He's got that sparkle in his eyes. It's a little bit frisky. He doesn't look sullen anymore. He's got, those, he's got the eyebrows going on. Just let it roll a bit. He's not sad anymore. Look at that. Here comes the smile. Here comes the smile. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch. He looks like a winner. Look, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. He looks like a winner who has won. Okay, now let's listen to him. Let's listen to him. But, but you already know what he said. Take a listen. Now, I have uh, met with Minister Wilson-Raybould uh, a couple of times uh, already since uh, arriving in BC yesterday. We spoke about our shared goals for our country and for this government. She confirmed for me a conversation we had this fall where I told her directly that any decisions on matters uh, involving the Director of Public Prosecutions uh, were hers alone. I respect her view that uh, due to privilege, she cannot uh, comment or add uh, on matters uh, recently before the media. Uh, and I also highlight that we're bound by cabinet confidentiality. In our system of government, of course, uh, her presence in cabinet uh, should actually speak for itself. But you knew what he was saying just by looking at that smug smirk. Let me translate. Ha-ha! I'm the only one in this argument who can talk about it because I'm not freeing Jody Wilson-Raybould from any confidentiality requirements. So you can pester her all you like, but you're only going to get my side of the story. And by the way, she obviously likes me. She obviously trusts me and respects me. And you know that because she's still in my cabinet. So obviously she's pleased with everything. I mean, if she wasn't, she'd quit or I'd fire her, right? There was an implication there. Not only was Wilson-Raybould happy to be part of Team Trudeau, but, but he still has some power over her. Because, of course, every cabinet minister serves only at the pleasure of the prime minister. She still had something to lose. He still had power over her. That grin, though. That grin. I don't think, uh, I don't think she liked that grin. That grin works on teenage girls. Teenage girls love that grin. But not a 47-year-old cabinet minister who's just sacked as justice minister with, for not going along with Quebec corruption. So she quit. Trudeau's never had that happen to him before. Oh, Scott Bryson quit in the midst of a scandal too, but that's because he's in deep political trouble. I, I mean, no one has quit Trudeau's cabinet on principle. That's quite rare these days, isn't it? Look at her letter resigning. She quit as Veterans Affairs Minister, but, but look, about two-thirds of the way down, can I quote, she says, I'm aware that many Canadians wish for me to speak on matters that have been in the media over the last week. I am in the process of obtaining advice on the topics that I am legally permitted to discuss in this matter, and as such have retained the Honourable Thomas Al, uh, Albert Cromwell, CC, as counsel. Oh, just that. Oh, she's lawyered up. Oh, with just a 
Just a former Supreme Court judge as a lawyer. No biggie. Yeah. Kind of guy you get to do a real estate deal for you. Oh, my God. A former Supreme Court judge is her lawyer. And I don't know if you noticed, she signed that letter, Puglas. You look at that. You see it there, respectfully? Puglas, the Honorable. So that, that's an aboriginal name, uh, which actually means honorable, honorable host. As in, you can't buy her off with a few shiny baubles, Justin. Jody Wilson-Raybould's dad, Bill Wilson, has been raging against Trudeau on behalf of his daughter, Here's a Facebook post. You know, he's an Aboriginal politician, too. He fought against Pierre Trudeau back in the day. He says he hasn't spoken about confidential matters with his daughter, but she knows how to fight and won't dishonor herself or her family. I believe that. Can I read to you a bit from a recent interview he did with McLean's magazine? Let me just read a bit. He says, uh, they said to him, do you believe she'll come away from this clean? And he said, I believe so. I believe she could lose her career as a white politician. You don't cross SNC-Lavalin and get away with it. I think her career could be in jeopardy, but why not? If your career is based on dishonesty, lose it. If your career hinges on integrity, then keep your integrity. And they asked him again, even if she's cleared in all of this, you still think her career's in jeopardy? And she, uh, her dad answered, I don't think there's any question about that. Look at what young Trudeau did to her. Kicked her in the teeth and put her in veterans affairs. There's no cabinet position lower than that. He kicked her as far down in the cabinet hierarchy as you could possibly go. The next lowest is Indian affairs. <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. But that's probably true. But, you know, there's no depth to which politicians will not sink, will not debase themselves to. If it buys them some perks and power, I mean, David Lametti, the newest justice minister, he's, he's not only said that he doesn't think any investigation in this whole thing is necessary, he actually told reporters that he might just let SNC-Lavalin off the hook anyways. He's still considering dropping the charges against him in the middle of all this. So yeah, I wonder what else he's agreed to do to keep his job. Lamenti at least is a qualified justice minister. Uh, and I don't mean that he's just that he's an obedient liberal. I mean, he's a law professor, regarded as smart. You can't say the same for most of Trudeau's affirmative action hires, though. I mean, Miriam Monsef, just a walking, talking joke. Catherine McKenna, AKA Climate Barbie. Bardish Chagger. The least accomplished of them all, perhaps? Christy Duncan. None of these cabinet ministers are of any note. Monsef herself, a fraudulent ref refugee. Remember? She's the one who lied and continued to lie as an adult about the circumstances in which she came to Canada as a refugee. Remember this? So you were born in Afghanistan, correct? I believe I was. Oh my God, what a liar she wasn't. In fact, she lied on her refugee application to get in. Seriously, come to think of it, Christy Duncan also lied. Uh, uh, she said she was a Nobel Prize winner uh, in her campaign uh, materials. In fact, the Nobel Committee has never even heard of her. These are grifters and graspers, and they were only too happy to do a deal with Trudeau. He'd hire them for his cabinet as race and gender tokens. And in return, for this salary top-up and perks and prestige, they would give him political cover to do whatever he wants, including, for example, getting away with groping Rose Knight, a reporter in Creston, B.C. All these women knew that was part of the deal. Cover for Trudeau and keep your job. They're thrilled. It's the best job any of them will ever have. They have no real skills. What can Maria Monsef do in the real world?
In Trudeau's world, recruiting Jody Wilson-Raybould was the best of all, though, an Aboriginal woman, a woman of color from the West Coast, as justice minister, no less, daughter of a hereditary Indian chief. In the poker game of political correctness, that's the royal flush. Look at that. Look at that picture. Look at that. Trudeau giving her the googly eyes. Her beaming with real pride. And, and look at, in the background there, you, you got to make sure you see them. Gerald Butts, Principal Secretary, Katie Telford, Chief of Staff, watching approvingly. They're the SNC-Lavalin crew. I don't think Jody uh, Wilson-Raybould knew it then. Oh, she sure knows it now. She thought she was going to be a real justice minister. Look at that look on her face. That wasn't the look of someone getting a bone thrown to her. That was someone who said, this is a great opportunity. Didn't she know? Didn't she know that like Mariam Monsef and Bardis Chagger and Catherine McKenna and Christy Duncan and the rest, didn't she know her only purpose was window dressing? To do what she was told? To defend the Montreal Mafia there of Trudeau and Butts? What delicious irony that she is the only one in Trudeau's cabinet who actually took her job seriously and acted with integrity and loyalty to the whole country, to the law, to Queen Elizabeth, you could say. How do you think this is going to go over with everyone and anyone who believed the googly eyes, Trudeau? The friend to all, lovable, huggable Trudeau of every gay pride parade, of every aboriginal photo op, of every ethnic gathering. Jody Wilson-Raybould proves it's all a lie. It's all just for show. When push comes to shove, Trudeau is not about every ethnic group and grievance group and race and gender group. No, no. That's how fake. When push comes to shove, he answers to Neil Bruce, the CEO of SNC-Lavalin whose company lobbied the PMO directly a dozen times to push Jody Wilson-Raybould around. Trudeau chose SNC-Lavalin over her. It was a lie. So much of Trudeau was a lie. It's fake. It's shallow. He has this generic Aboriginal tattoo on his shoulder. Look at him. How cringe is that? It was cool and woke before. Just ask him. No, no, that's not cultural appropriation. No, 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 never. It was proof of how cool Trudeau is. Cool enough to appoint Jody Wilson-Raybould to justice minister. He just never expected her to do any thinking on her own. She had too much to think. Um, come to think of it, Trudeau has said and done strange things about Indians before. Hey, do you remember this? You know, we're both known for our long hair on the hill. Uh, let's, let's say the loser gets a haircut. Um, he resisted back a little bit, you know, pointing out that hair has a cultural significance for First Nations peoples. And I said, uh, I know, that's why I proposed it. When a warrior cuts his hair, it's a sign of shame. So it's, uh, it's very apropos. Hi, <laughs> uh, guys. Yeah, I absolutely know I was shaming an Aboriginal senator, Patrick Breslau. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, you're going to shave your head, because I know that's how to humiliate you <laughs> yeah, guys. I think that's the real Justin Trudeau. He uses Aboriginal imagery, a tattoo or haircut or justice minister, just to pursue his own interests and those of his buddies. Well, now he's met someone who won't go along with it. I wonder how this is going to end. I wonder how this is going to end. Stay with us for an extended discussion about this.
I have uh, met with Minister Wilson-Raybould uh, a couple of times uh, already since uh, arriving in BC yesterday. We spoke about our shared goals for our country and for this government. She confirmed for me a conversation we had this fall where I told her directly that any decisions on matters uh, involving the Director of Public Prosecutions uh, were hers alone. I respect her view that uh, due to privilege she cannot uh, comment or add uh, on matters uh, recently before the media. Uh, and I also highlight that we're bound by cabinet confidentiality. Uh, in our system of government, of course, uh, her presence in cabinet uh, should actually speak for itself. Well, that was Justin Trudeau yesterday saying, well, look, the fact that Jody Wilson-Raybould who I allegedly fired, according to the Globe and Mail, the fact that she's still a loyal cabinet minister, that tells you everything you need to know. She's totally behind me. Well, today, Jody Wilson-Raybould quit cabinet, sending shockwaves through the entire political system, I would say. Let me quote two lines from it. Dear Prime Minister, with a heavy heart, I am writing to tender my resignation as the Minister of Veterans Affairs and Associate Minister of National Defense. And let me skip down about two-thirds of the way down, she says, I am aware that many Canadians wish for me to speak on matters that have been in the media over the last week. I'm in the process of obtaining advice on the topics that I am legally permitted to discuss in this matter, and as such, have retained the Honorable Thomas Albert Cromwell, CC, as counsel. And just one last point, she signs it Puglis, that is her Aboriginal name, above her English name, Jody Wilson Rabel, that is a fighting document. The fact that she's retained a former Supreme Court judge to give her advice, to tell her what to do and how to talk about this is very interesting to me. There are real questions about whether or not she actually has solicitor client privilege on this matter that she has to submit to. Uh, Justin Trudeau, of course, could waive any such privilege and say, oh, you're free, free to talk, I release you from that, but he won't. The government's in a panic as we record this, uh, Trudeau has already delayed his press conference today several times, getting his ducks in a row, I imagine. The crisis is spreading, and joining us now is someone who I think is uniquely positioned to talk about this. Let me just tell you his biography. You'll guess who I'm talking about. Former lawyer to a prime minister. Former boss of a national law firm. Someone who knows law and politics and where they overlap. I'm talking about our friend Mandy Montenegrino, the boss of Think Sharp, who joined us now via Skype from Ottawa. Holy cow, Manny, what a challenge Trudeau has gotten himself in. I'm just for one second before we get into it. If you were his lawyer, and I know you never would be, but you were the lawyer of the prime minister. If you were Trudeau's lawyer, what would your simplest advice to him be? I'd say to Justin Trudeau, what do you think he should do? And whatever he said, I'd say do the opposite. <laughs> Manny, come on. <laughs> All right. Let, let, let's, let's get serious. Here's what's, uh, there is so much, so much in this uh, uh, discussion that we're going to have. What the prime minister did yesterday was egregious. Here he is. He's protected by solicitor-client privilege, yet goes out and speaks not only for himself, but tries to speak for uh, the uh, once uh, attorney general. I mean, that is egregious. If you have solicitor client privilege, don't speak. 
do not. So he sat there and, and purported to speak for her. That must have outraged. And then he gave two veil warnings to her. You're caught by cabinet confidentiality and you're caught by solicitor client. So you do not speak. What does she do the next day? She resigns from cabinet, so she has no cabinet responsibility or confidentiality, and she retains a top judge, a judge of the Supreme Court who's retired to give her advice to speak. That's what she's done. And it is incredible that the prime minister would have so much arrogance to, to, to treat the independent attorney general who's there to protect the justice of all Canadians. I mean, Ezra, we've had the Canadian Bar Association. We've had the Civil Liberties Union. We've had every lawyer say what he has done is wrong. And he's taking on Canada's justice system. And, and thank God we have um, our, our, our ex-attorney general that sees fit to put the justice system. And I find it ironic that an Indigenous woman is protecting our our justice system, which which stems back to common law, uh, um, England, and there she is protecting for all Canadians our justice system against a privileged prime minister who hides behind his privilege. Now, now, Ezra, let's. There are more and more uh, terrible things about this this file. Um, we have the new attorney general that won't even or won't even interview the past attorney general who's been so courageous. He won't even interview her. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, have, we have the ethics commissioner just seeing enough information to set up a, a, an investigation. Yet, yet the new attorney general, uh, David Lametti, won't even interview anybody in this crisis. He's not upholding his duties as attorney general. We have the prime minister who's been found guilty five times by an ethics commissioner, which is a judge, virtually a judge. It's a judicial, uh, a, a quasi-judicial body, five times as being, and, and very, very important breaches. One of them is he failed to recuse himself. Uh, the prime minister was found guilty for failing to recuse himself, i.e. not having the judgment to walk away from a, from a conflict situation. And that's similar to what he's doing in at the PMO or the accusations that he's doing. Hmm. He was found. He was found by the by the ethics commissioner to not to be credible. Now that is the first time in history a prime minister was found not to be credible credible by a justice uh, uh, a, a judicial officer. Now we know what not credible means. The judge thinks they lied. And that was on the issue of. He's a friend. The, the, the Aga Khan was a friend. Well, that was his excuse. A judge said, no, I don't take your word. Yeah. And, and when you, when you have a judge saying that or a judicial officer saying that, and then you have the attorney general believing every word that the prime minister is saying and will not investigate when there's evidence that he was found not to be truthful in by another jurist, it's, it's frightening. Hmm. Manny, you've said so many things. I've been taking some notes. Uh, sure. Can I unpack a few of these different things? Sure. Because each one of them is is a devastating point. And and you have we haven't even talked about what was said in Atlantic Canada yesterday in the right. trial of the suspended vice admiral 
Mark Norman. And we'll, that, I guess that's, that's another point. But let me ask you about solicitor-client privilege. As I described it yesterday, it's sort of like when you go confess something to a priest or, or tell something to your doctor. There's sort of a privilege about that that's a deep secret that the priest can say, oh, I'm not going to tell anyone. And, and, and that's what solicitor-client privilege is. It's on an occasion of, because, because public policy is you want people to be able to have very candid conversations, even if it's embarrassing. You want them to know it's secret. But isn't one of the rules, I mean, I'm a former lawyer myself, uh, Manny, obviously didn't have as, as much practice as you, but isn't one of the things about solicitor-client privilege is if the client, which in this case presumably is Trudeau, if he starts to blab about what was discussed, that waves or voids the privilege. So if, if he said, well, I can't tell you what we discussed, it was super secret. And if he would stop there, that's one thing. But then if he says, oh, and it was great, and we said this, and we said that, that's waived. And now there's no more privilege. Am I, am I right legally in that, Manny? I, well, I, I think, yes, you are right. I mean, privilege, first of all, there's a whole question whether there is a solicitor-client privilege between the attorney general exercising her duty and whoever her you know the prime minister is not her client right. i will certainly say this where these discussions were happening were the prime minister's office there were at least 10 people in that room right there they don't enjoy privilege i do not know why the the new attorney general or anyone else or the media is not interviewing these 10 people they don't enjoy privilege they never retained the attorney general right. so they're they're they're, they're they, they are pmo staffers mm -hmm. each one of them the rcmp should be walking in and asking questions because right. this is about the most serious allegation you can have which is obstruction of justice right. they don't enjoy privilege whether the prime minister enjoys privilege that's questionable there are other attorney generals that have said no there's no privilege. The, the attorney general's responsibility is to the crown. It isn't to a particular person. Right. And and so so I think and that is why she has. I believe that uh, she has received a note, a letter, a threatening note, a letter saying, "Don't speak. You have there's I claim privilege, and if you speak, I will come after you." Right. So she's retained. So she's retained counsel. And she's retained great counsel. There is no privilege. You'll find out that there'll be a legal decision by the eminent Supreme Court Justice Cromwell to say there is no privilege does not lie here. You, uh, you know, Manny, you're so right. Of course she's received a letter saying you don't say a word. I bet that letter was written, if not by Gerald Butts, by some, maybe a Justice Department lawyer saying you hush up. Because it, it, it is, I've, I've heard people say, <clears throat> um, Trudeau was not the client. I mean, it's not a personal relationship. Absolutely and, not. And and I think he was blabbed. I think he provoked her yesterday when yep. he said, huh, the fact she's still in cabinet it tells you all they need to know. Right. I met with her twice. Exactly. What's the problem? I mean, I think that was too much for her. Let me, let me you, you talk about the new attorney general, uh, uh, David Lametti, who's a, a law professor from McGill, um, actually from the exact same constituency where SNC-Lavalin is headquartered. Right. I want to play a short clip from over the weekend where Evan Solomon of CTV did a really good job of just sort of shining a light on the fact that Lametti has shown a tremendous lack of curiosity, Manny, that right. his only source of info, if I'm listening to this clip correctly, he didn't ask the prime minister tough questions. He didn't ask Gerald Butts tough questions. He didn't even talk to his predecessor, Jody Wilson-Raybould, he just watched the news and said, oh, Trudeau said he didn't do anything wrong. That's good enough for me. Here, take a quick look at this clip. 
How can you say with any degree of certainty that there was no pressure put on her if you don't know? Who told you there was no pressure? The, the Prime Minister has said publicly, and I'm, and I'm, basing, uh, I'm basing, the Prime Minister said that, there, that, uh, that the allegations contained in the Globe and Mail article were false. Uh, the Prime Minister has said that he did not direct uh, my predecessor, so I'm basing, it to, I'm basing it on what he has said publicly. You're a justice minister. Is, it, is that what he said he didn't direct? Is he skating using legal language around the idea that there's pressure, that there's room. He may have pressured her in other ways, the Prime Minister's office. Are you 100% confident that there was no pressure in any way, shape, or form? I can't, look, I can't speak to a relationship uh, that I wasn't privy to. Uh, that's clear. But what I, can, what I can repeat to you and to Canadians is what the Prime Minister has said. Manny, just out of curiosity, I mean, just out of due diligence, just out of meticulousness, wouldn't you ask a question? I don't know anyone who would say, oh, yeah, I saw some guy on TV. He said he didn't do it. So that's like that, that's the top legal officer in Canada saying just some political sound bites good enough for him. There's nothing to see here. That was that was cringeworthy. Well, that is actually more egregious to what he's doing to the administration of justice than the alleged um, obstruction of justice that may have happened at the PMO. The, the fact that we have the Attorney General, when you have a serious issue raised, you have a minister that was fired from her job, a minister that's not retired, and not investigate? I mean, I simply put it to this. I think I did a tweet toward uh, there it will be no crime in Canada if that's the standard of the Attorney General. If all the accused has to say is it never happened and no further investigation of, to, about the victims or anyone else, there are no crimes in Canada. We have solved all crimes in Canada because all you need is the accused to say nothing happened. It is egregious. I, I am dumbfounded that this that that uh, you know I'm also I'm also embarrassed that he's an Italian. I, I'm an Italian I'm an Italian lawyer, and I tell you, every lawyer I have there is unanimity on this with liberals, conservatives, uh, anybody that practices law or has has been in law is offended by this. Yeah. How this one lawyer that's now the Attorney General and who was a professor, I might add, uh, it is uh, it is it is appalling what he's doing. This David Lametti, I am, I, I don't know how he could be sleeping at night, watching what's going on, especially when you have the ethics commissioner. The ethics commissioner has no teeth. That legislation, he can't do anything but investigate and say, I felt wrong. Yeah. The attorney general has available to him the Crown's department, the RCMP, resources and the criminal code. He chooses not to use that and let this poor and let the ethics commissioner do the work. It, 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 is, it is embarrassing and appalling that the justice in Canada is not being done. And our attorney general is simply not doing what a first year law student would know what yeah. to do. Hey, can I ask you a question about yeah. David Lemani? Because I was going through uh, the uh, federal lobbyist registry. So when SNC-Lavalin was making its rounds, on Parliament Hill, they met with a lot of people, and and I should say, I I think I think lobbying is okay. I think it's a, sure. it's a fancy way of saying bringing something to the attention of a politician. I, I think there's some people that just out of good judgment, maybe a politician should never meet with. But if you're the president of a major company, I, I think it's probably okay for someone to meet you. But they they lobbied David Lametti personally 
about 18 months ago. And, and here's the, the copy of that communication report. Um, he was parliamentary secretary to the, the Minister of, of Industry at the time. But they had a private meeting with him about a year and a half ago. And, you know, maybe that's fine. I, in fact, I, I don't think that's a problem itself. But here's the question. If they convinced him of something, if they persuaded him of something, if he agreed to go to bat for them, if he agreed to pass on a message for them, if he took any notes on that, I think that's all relevant to whether or not it's good enough for him to say, oh, I see nothing, I hear nothing. Because if he would have said to them in any way, you guys make a good case, or I didn't know what to think, but you've changed my mind on this, or I promise I'll pass on a message to Jody Wilson-Raybould. If he would have indicated at all that his heart was moved by them, wouldn't that be a, a, a reason that the world could say, well, you're biased, Mr. Lamanti. You indicated that you were on their side, and now you've moved from just a, a, someone who was lobbied to sort of a decision maker, and, and that's inappropriate. You should recuse yourself. What do you think of that, Manny? Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to, Ezra, you don't have to get into whether there was bias or not. That is, there's a simple apprehension of bias. Once you meet with someone and now you're the attorney general, and I, I guess he got this job as attorney general. He never knew that when he was lobbied by SNC. And that lobbying was proper and it was right. And I agree with you. And of course, every MP should be able to meet with anybody. But once you are now put in the position, of attorney general and you're dealing with the issue of obstruction of justice uh, and you had been lobbied, you have only one duty, that is to recuse yourself from this file or step down as attorney general, you can't deal with it. Now, the great odd is, is the prime minister had that very same problem and he was found to be uh, uh, guilty of the Ethics Act for not recusing himself when he stood and gave a chunk of money to a person that he took a $200,000 gift from. It's very simple. He shouldn't be in the room. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take a $200,000 gift, don't be in the room when you're giving someone $20 million. That's very simply yeah. understood. Yeah. And Lametti knows, must know, that the moment he became attorney general and this file hit his door and he was made attorney general on this file, he should have said to the prime minister, no, I can't become attorney general because I met and I have to recuse myself. And I'm sure they had that discussion. And I'm sure they said, forget about it. You Jeez. don't have to worry about recusing. Go ahead and save me. You know, I, I saw that um, the PMO and their message repeaters were saying, oh, the ethics commissioner is looking into this. I sense that that is their way of saying, well, we know the ethics commissioner doesn't have all the teeth of other possible inquiries, doesn't have the power or the resources of the RCMP, right. doesn't have, like, you're not going to have a wiretap by the ethics commissioner. You might have that if you're the RCMP. You're not, so, so it's their way of saying, okay, who's the weakest, tamest uh, judge there is? And even if they convict, it'll be a $200 fine and a right. little embarrassment. So I think they looked and said, uh-oh, uh we're in deep trouble here. I mean, these SNC-Lavalin is being prosecuted for, for paying $48 million in bribes. So we're already in heavy, heavy criminal territory here. And they said, oh, just give it to the kindergarten cop. Give it to the gentlest of all. And it, to me, it looks like they're saying, well, let's preempt an RCMP investigation. 
remember, it was the, it was the cops who went after Mike Duffy. Right. Uh, and, and that was, whatever you think of Mike Duffy, they brought in the full police squad. Here, Trudeau just wants some baby cop to take it on. I think, he's, I, I think that shows that he's trying to damage control. Absolutely. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, this does not belong in the ethics commissioner's hands. This is not about ethics. This is about saving Canada's uh, a judicial system, saving Canada's rule of law. The ethics commissioner is, is, is the least person equipped to do that. This is probably one of the most serious charges you can have, obstruction of justice. It is so serious, Ezra, that we have two Canadians in jail in China because we have said to China, we removed a, 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 a ambassador to China, McCallum. Right. We have said to the world that the rule of law of Canada is so important that Canadians can perish in jail in China because rule of law is everything. We understand that. And while he said that, in two instances, at least right now, one was, of course, what we have before us right now, which is the SNC-Lavalin, whether there was obstruction of justice. And the second one is by Judge Perkin McVeigh, who said in open court that, well, there goes the independence of the Crown Prosecution yeah. uh, Office because it was influenced by the PMO, and this is in the Norman trial case. We have two trials or two situations where the prime minister's, the allegedly the prime minister's office is is obstructing justice, and we have Canadians. And, and, and I, Ezra, and I said this to my wife, my heart goes out to the Canadians that are caught in jail because of this prime minister who has now made it very clear that he has obstructed and he will. And he and China is looking at this and saying this is an absolute joke, this government. Yeah. You know, Manny, you refer to the case um, of uh that's uh, going on in Atlantic Canada right now. Just, we haven't gone deep on it on this show, so just to remind our our viewers, let's, here's a story in the CBC called Norman's Defense accuses right. Trudeau PMO of attempting to direct prosecution. And that quote you mentioned by Judge Heather Perkins McVeigh, she said, so much for the independence of the PPSC. That for, stands for the Public Prosecution Service of Canada. So a judge is saying that. Just a quick reminder, um, it's a vice admiral of the Navy, Mark Norman, who uh, has been blamed, who has been charged with uh, um, leaking confidential material. And as his legal defense goes deeper and deeper, it is clear that there were political machinations to blame him. Scott Bryson resigned from cabinet. Uh, a lot of people right. think it's... So I think it's fair to say that Trudeau has now lost two cabinet ministers over this interference in judicial matters. That's... That's crazy. There's a third aspect to Ezra that, that I want to bring to your attention, and that is obstruction of the defense of a vice admiral. Uh, the defense counsel is trying to obtain documents, and, and, and it's been obstructed by the PMO, and they're not delivering documents, and they're subpoenaing it through a judge. Now, I can't, I do not understand for the life of me how the government of Canada is holding documents that may assist the defense of a vice admiral. And, and, and the defense counsel has to fight. Uh, uh, you may recall during the Duffy case, and the Duffy case was $90,000 worth of expenses that were paid back. Not only 
did everyone co- cooperate at the PMO's office, cooperate with the Crown's office, but the Prime Minister waived his privilege in order to get all the information before the courts to assist the courts. We have obstruction after obstruction after obstruction with this, uh, with this uh, PMO government. It's incredible. Manny, I tell you, I could talk with you all day about this, yeah. but I know you've got to go. I want to raise one last thing. Sure. And it's about uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould herself. I, I disagreed with her on certain uh, policy matters, as, as one would expect. She's a liberal. I'm not. But I have to say, I, I think you accurately said it, it's quite something to watch her stand up for the rule of law from an Anglo-Saxon legal tradition. Uh, right. She's an Aboriginal activist, as was her dad, but she believes enough in the law that she wasn't willing to bend to Trudeau's political demands if, if what we think has happened here is what's happened here. I want to ask you or point out one last thing and get your comment on it. I mentioned that in her resignation letter, she signed it, Puglas, P-U-G-L-A-S, right. which is um, an Aboriginal name I think that her grandma gave her. So it's very, now, now her English name is underneath that, but it, it's sort of resonating that she's doing this for the generations. She's doing this out of some deep, like I thought that was a very interesting touch. And her dad, who was a political activist in his day too, who went head to head with Justin Trudeau's dad, Pierre Trudeau, her dad isn't bound by any confidentiality. He's Facebooking up a storm on this, and he right. says, finally, Jody will be able to speak honestly, and we're fighting and fighting. I think that Justin Trudeau loves appointing quotas and tokens to cabinet. He says to himself, he boasts about how many of this race and that gender, and in many cases, they are just tokens. They'll do whatever he says just to cling on to power. But I think the beautiful, delicious, poetic, karmic irony here, Manny, is that the ultimate box checker, women, check, Aboriginal, check, West Coast, check, progressive, check, actually turned out to be the one who believed in things so deeply that she refused to be just window dressing. And it's and Trudeau doesn't know how to fight that because he's used to emoting and affirmative action and progress. She is actually a woman of principle, it seems to me, and he doesn't even know how to fight her. What do you think of that? No, I, no, absolutely. And there is another woman of principle, Leona, that crossed the floor. Uh, I, I, uh, there are great women on both sides uh, of the aisle, and the great ones stand up. And they speak to truth and speak to power. Uh, and we've seen two from the liberal side. It's very hard. I suspect there's more uh, that's going to happen. I will say one thing um, that I'm very proud of, uh, of Puglis's father. Uh, I am I am a dad of a very strong, strong, uh, a bright, brilliant uh, woman. Uh, and she is combative. She is strong. And... Um, and I could see that if it was my daughter and she was in that situation, she would stand up strong and I would be by her side. So I give great kudos uh, to uh, dad stepping up. And, and, and you know, there's, there's no greater bond than a dad and a daughter. Uh, it, it, and it, it, and it, it could never be, it could never be um, uh, outdone by the uh, faux feminism of the prime minister. Uh, he didn't. He didn't understand that great relationship, and uh, I'm glad to see it played out. I saw his his Facebook uh, statements. He's a tough man, a tough dad, and tough man and tough dad with tough daughters don't get pushed around by fake feminists. 
Wow, that was, that's a really nice way to end our conversation. Manny, you're so right on that. I should note that Trudeau was scheduled to have press conferences. The time has been moving, so we re we're recording this before Trudeau's final press conference. Who knows, it might not even happen today, uh, but we'll be sure to follow the story in the days ahead. Manny, as always, thank you so much for providing no problem, Ezra. political and legal point of view. It's just great, and we look forward to talking to you again. Great, thanks a lot, Ezra. All right, that's our friend Manny Montenegrino, former chairman of a national law firm, former lawyer to Prime Minister Stephen Harper, and the CEO of Think Sharp. He joined us today via Skype from Ottawa. Stay with us. More ahead on The Rebel. Welcome back to my monologue yesterday about the SNC-Lavalin scandal. We talked about it again today. Jay writes, too big to jail. Well, don't laugh. Cabinet uh, was asked to blacklist SNC-Lavalin from any government contracts. As you know, the World Bank will not allow any country to use SNC-Lavalin on a job if there's World Bank money. Too corrupt. So obviously Canada's cabinet was asked to do the same thing, but they literally said, we don't care how corrupt they are. They're too big to fail. Too big to jail is a good uh, riff on that. Paul writes, nobody does corruption quite like the liberals. It helps that they can generally count on the media party to cover for them. You're exactly right, and a $595 million bailout accelerates that. That's why I'm amazed that Bob Fife got this published. I mean, I pointed out that in December 2016, the Globe and Mail report on Business Magazine, that's their flagship mag, had Neil Bruce, the SNC-Lavin on uh, boss on the cover and they said he was the hero who redeemed the company so literally two months ago the globe and mail was part of snc lavalin's lobbying effort it's a, it's amazing the story ever saw the light of day ron writes trudeau and his cabinet already should have been charged the opposition had numerous opportunities to bring him down and didn't trudeau will just skate away the snc lavalin fiasco clearly shows the corruption in ottawa is deep rampant and full of rot Ron, I don't know how the opposition can bring him down because we don't have the kind of checks and balances in our system as they do in the United States. For example, there's just simply no way uh, that you could get the kind of independent uh, special counsel like um, Mueller, who's been on a two-year, $20 million wild goose chase, frankly, uh, trying to find proof that Donald Trump is a Russian spy. He's got, what, a dozen staff, hunter killers, uh, investigating, subpoenaing, indicting. He hasn't found anything on Trump, but just he's just knocking over every, everything in the China shop. Um, that doesn't happen in Canada. It just doesn't happen in Canada. Uh, there was something like that, uh, some inquiry, I don't even remember what it was, about 30 years ago, and I think it was, I think Chan just pulled the plug on it. I'm trying to remember the details. Yeah, we don't have that. Um, Trudeau wanted the ethics uh, counselor to look into things because it's like a $200 fine if you're convicted. Uh, now it looks like the Liberals might be agreeing to having the Justice Committee of Parliament look into it. They don't have police power to do raids, to do search warrants, to do wiretaps. This is a criminal matter. SNC-Lavalin uh, did admit to paying $48 million in bribes, did admit to getting over $100 million worth of payoffs in Libya. This is crime at the highest levels. Um, I think it's going to take a tiny bit more than a few MPs having half an hour to ask scripted questions uh, in, a, in a play fight. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to disagree with you on this one, Ron. I don't believe that the opposition, I don't believe anything in our Canadian system has the power to take on corruption like this other than the police. And they've been pretty silent. That's our show for today. 
We've got some big news coming for you tomorrow. I don't mean to tease you. I just want to make sure you tune in. Until then, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Thank you.